Welcome everybody to the weekend podcast at cnctoday.com. cnctoday.com, of course, is the machinist news source for cutting-edge products and industry milestones. I'm your host, Jay Pearson. I'm the president of Pearson Industries. And here's my dirty little plug. Ready? Got your keyboard out? Go to www.pearsonindustries.com. P-I-E-R-S-O-N. I think I can do that, right? I'm the host. Um, they said I could talk about whatever I want, so that's it. Hey, uh, this week we're talking about polygonal turning and rotary broaching. And I'm excited about this because I didn't know too much about this. I was going to wing it and tell you all that I knew, but instead I thought, you know, I should probably bring an expert on. Uh, but first, a little housekeeping about the program. Um, as you visit us, there's two ways to hear this program. One is through iTunes. If you go on to iTunes, go to the iTunes store and search for my name, Jay Pearson, or you can search for CNC or machining, and any of those should bring up the show. Now, another way to hear the show is through the cnctoday.com website. So if you are listening via the website, let me give you some tips. First of all, in the upper right-hand corner of any page, you'll see a little button that says RSS, little orange button. If you click that, it will open a dialog box that will save the information relating to the show, and you will receive updates whenever we post an update, whether there's an article that goes up on the website or whether this show comes up new. Now, most of you know that this show airs Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Central, so you don't need an update. So if you want to follow the content on the site, you can just click that, and it'll tell you whenever there's a new article or show up. Uh, another thing, do yourself a favor and play the show in a pop-up window. You'll see that on the site, you can play the show, you can download it, and you can play in a pop-up. Play, definitely play it in a pop-up, okay? That way, if you uh, navigate to a different web page, you can still continue to listen to the show without it being interrupted. Of course, you can always open up another browser window, but it's a little easier to uh, just play it in a pop-up. And also, if you're going to click on download the show, uh, instead of just clicking it, right-click it and select Save Link As, if you're using Firefox or Internet Explorer, I think it's called uh, Save Target As. Do that, right-click it, give it a file name. I think it gives a file name. I'm not sure. And then you can save it. That way you can put it on a CD. You can put it on your MP3 player, your iPod, and listen to it uh, whenever you get a chance. And, of course, you can always email me at my website at my company. My email address is jay at pearsonindustries.com. Pearson spelled P-I-E-R-S-O-N. Uh, or you can email the editor. It is simply editor at cnc-today.com. So there you have it. Plenty of tips for your listening enjoyment. Now, on today's program, we're talking about polygonal turning and rotary broaching. And to help explain some of this technology to us, I conducted a phone interview with Peter Bagwell of Slater Tools. Let's go ahead and listen to that interview right now. Peter, welcome to the program. Hey, Jay. Well, uh, we're basically talking about rotary broaching and polygonal turning on the show. And we have you on because you're an expert in the field. 
Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit, first of all, about rotary broaching? What is involved? Uh, what are the basics of it? Well, let's see. The, uh, I guess I'll start with the basics mm-hmm. of rotary broaching. Um, and actually, it, it goes hand-in-hand hand with your other question about how long has it been around, because this type of tool was being used on screw machines uh, probably 50 years ago mm-hmm. or more as a way to put hexagons and squares you know, into the end of turned parts. And the tool itself is basically a housing mm-hmm. with a spindle that's held on an angle. And w- inside that spindle, you put your brooch uh, of whatever form you want, uh, hexagon, square, or a special form. And because it's held on an angle, the contact that it makes with the part is only really one corner at a time. So as both pieces turn, um, usually the spindle is driven by you know, the product side, mm-hmm. uh, that hexagon goes around and those six points end up making contact with the part one corner at a time. And then as you index the broaching tool into the part, it ends up cutting a square hex or whatever form. In rotary broaching, are you limited to just hexagons or squares? No, there is some limitations when it comes to uh, your tooth height. Uh, for instance, on a spline, you couldn't do something that was real deep. There's a lot of limitations that way. You also can't do a single keyway uh, because there's just too much pressure on the one uh, tooth. Mm. So you need to have a somewhat balanced form and really the tooth heights of those splines and serrations and other forms, they can't be too deep. Otherwise, it'll break the tool. I see. Now, can you do external and internal broaching? Yeah, you can do external and internal broaching. In fact, we sell both the internal brooches and the external brooches and then separate internal brooch holders and external brooch holders. So if you wanted to do a hex on the internal hole and a square on the outside, you could do both of those. Mm -hmm. In fact, you could also line the two up uh, using a brooch dog and some fixturing. Hmm. so that you could even line up maybe two squares, an internal and an external. Now, rotary broaching is something that can be adapted to any turning center. Is that true? That's true. In fact, most of our work now has moved off of the screw machines onto CNC machines. They've just taken that tool out of, you know, what would have been screw machine tools and put it into CNC machine tools. The rotary broaching tool holder also will work um, in a couple different scenarios, which make it very good for a CNC machine. For example, it'll work whether it's turned clockwise or counterclockwise. It works both ways. Hmm. So that becomes an advantage in a CNC machine. Sure. And it also works whether the product, uh, the part is turning or if the tool is turning. You only need to have one of them actually turning. The other one is stationary because the spindle in the middle spins free. Hmm. So it doesn't matter if the tool is turning it or if your part is turning it. For instance, in a lathe, uh, the lathe material would turn the brooch, mm-hmm. but in a CNC mill, the mill is going to turn the tool, and so the brooch actually um, is a little bit more stationary with the part, mm. and all of the work is done on the tool holder end. Oh, I see. So you can use rotary broaching in a mill as well? Yes, in a mill or a lathe, yeah. Okay. Are there any limitations? I know that there's a like a one-degree offset on the angle that it attacks? Um, right. That's actually built into the tool holder. So okay. there, there really is that limit, that uh, feature you don't have to worry about in a CNC mill mm-hmm. or on a lathe because everything is built into the tool holder. I see. Um, 
basically the center point of your part, of your hole, I should say, uh, or your form on the external. The center point of the tool is all pre-calculated so that the shaft that you put into your CNC machine mm-hmm. is already centered with the end of the tool. I see. Is it a little harder on the, the mill itself, on the uh, spindle? Do you get any vibration doing that in a mill? Yeah, you can get a little bit, but we really haven't had anyone that couldn't do um, a form that, like, let's say that you, if there's a form you could accomplish in a lathe, uh-huh. we found that just about every time you can accomplish the same thing. I see. In the mill. What are Actually, the... Actually, uh-huh. there is, along with the tooth height, another limitation of rotary broaching would be the depth. In other words, you can't do real deep hole. Okay. So that's kind of what makes it not so hard on the on the mill. I see. What uh, what are some of the size ranges of the broaching that you can do, uh, as far as, like, diameters? Yeah, well, most of the maximums, like on the hole, will go up to about an inch. Okay. So that's about your size range as far as your OD. Okay. Um, as far as the range, you know, going down small, um, you know, a lot of the medical screws and other small things, are, we've done some um, holes, like, around 50,000, slightly little hexagons and things like that. So there's anywhere under an inch. Wow, great. Is the standard range. Now, now say one of our listeners out there has a job that they've got to do some broaching on. They have never heard of this. They want to get started. What are some of the costs that they'll incur in taking on rotary broaching? Okay, with rotary broaching, basically you only have two uh, cost parameters. One is the tool holder itself, and the other is the broaches and There's really a wide range of prices, but it has to do with what type of tooling. I guess, for example, uh, if you were looking at a Swiss-type tool, okay, for a small form, Mm -hmm. um, you can buy a Swiss-type holder for around $800, either with an adjustment or an adjustment-free type, which is basically plug-and-play. You just stick the brooch in and go. Uh Um, So that you would have to buy the holder. Uh, The brooch is... For those types of holders are probably going to run in the neighborhood of $50, uh, maybe up to $100 each. Of course, if you buy more in quantity, you know, the price could come down. Right. Um, that's for all the different standard uh, sizes of hexes and squares and other things out there. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of special forms that you could get for that Swiss-type holder, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a hexalobular Torx-type form. Mm-hmm. or a special spline or serration. Those might run you a few hundred dollars or more, depending on how complex they are. Okay, so basically, once they buy the tool holder, then the only ongoing cost would be the brooches. Correct. Okay. Now, that's Swiss type. Now, if you're talking a heavy-duty type, let's say we were going to do a one-inch hex, mm-hmm. and it may be in a tougher material, you would buy a heavy-duty holder, which is more like around $1,500. Mm-hmm. And those brooches are going to start around $100 and go up from there. So... You know, the, for the Swiss type, for under a thousand, you could get started with and be able to do quite a wide range. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the heavy duty type, it might be double that mm. to really be set up. Well, great. Let's move on to polygonal turning. Now, um, is this kind of the newer technology? Um, well, for us here at Slater Tools, polygon or polygonal turning uh, is another tool that has come from the screw machine and using a gear that is driven from the screw machine in a cam, um, the polygon tools um, that we offer, it's a single point uh, cutting tool. In other words, the cam is driving that cutting tool back and forth mm-hmm. on the piece and creating you know, a hexagon, a square, only making contact where it needs to 
to create that shape. Um, it's not uh, the polygonal turning you might see built into a CNC machine, although the technology is the same. Right. Some of the new machines have that feature actually built right into it. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas this is uh, what we have more is more of an attachment that you would add, um, like let's say to a screw machine, that mm -hmm. would accomplish the same thing. I see. And here's a good example of why we need this tool, because you might say, well, if you could do a hexagon with a polygon turning tool, or you could do the hexagon with the rotary broaching tool, why would you buy an attachment that costs a lot more mm -hmm. when you could just use the rotary broach? The, the reason is sometimes that polygon form you want to make is behind the shoulder. Maybe it's not right on the end of the part. Maybe it's an inch into the part. So, uh, you know, you can't use the rotary broaching tool in that scenario. I see. Because the rotary broaching tool is working off the end of the part. I see. Now, so this attachment will, on the OD, for instance, make a hexagon, you know, an inch down from the end of the tool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just handled as an attachment onto the machine. So what, what shapes are typical? Uh, typical is the hexagon or square. I'd say those are being done more, most often. Mm -hmm. Maybe one form that we see more often in polygon turning is a double T or two flats, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on a diameter. Okay. Uh, but other than that, it's your standard squares and hexes. Hmm. Now, now, what are some of the startup costs for this uh, polygonal turning? Uh, this gets a lot more complicated because it depends on the machine, mm -hmm. what kind of adapter plates uh, that you need to have. Um, you know, and these these tools start uh, maybe five thousand, ten thousand, depending on again the style of the tool. Is it heavy duty? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how many plates are needed to build up the tool to where it needs to be on the machine. Okay. Is it more of a custom uh, adaptation to people's machines? It is. Yeah, it's much more uh, customized that way. I and, see. And, you know, quite frankly, on a screw machine, um, you're usually running a much higher volume number of parts as well. Sure. Mm -hmm. You know, whereas a CNC operator with a small shop might make his own custom 10 screws rotary broached, um, a screw machine shop may be doing 50,000 of the same screw. And so it's a different animal. So, you know, some of our listeners out there, they are either owners of shops, they work in shops, or they're thinking of starting shops. Uh, just uh, off the top of my head, it sounds like rotary broaching is a, a, a bigger uh, market. I think it would have more market appeal. Is that true? You're probably selling a lot more rotary brooches than Olga. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Especially since uh, we've come out with the adjustment-free rotary broach holder. Uh huh. Um, if I could just give you an example on a screw machine, um, you know, you may have um, different adjustments that you need to make on the machine and on the holder that would hold the broach. And our rotary broach holders had a lot of adjustment built into them. In other words, there's all kinds of screws, so you can adjust the holder, the tip of it, up and down. Okay. We now have an adjustment-free rotary broach holder in our Swiss uh, range that is literally just plug-and-play. In other words, you put the holder in the machine, you put the broach in the holder, and that's all you have to do for setup. I see. So those are very popular because they're much, you know, there's not a learning curve. Sure. Much, there's a much simpler learning curve, I should say. Right, okay. Now, um, yeah, you actually brought up a good point. It, now, the polygonal turning that your company supports, it's different from maybe some of these newer CNC machines that have a polygonal turning package on them with a sub-spindle. Is that right? That's right. Um, yeah, I know, I know that some of them are using uh, 
you know, cam systems, so similar in design, but really very different. Okay. So Slater Tools, tell me just a little bit about the company. How long have you been around? Um, Slater Tools has been around uh, since 1951, mm-hmm. and the primary product range is tools for the turning industry. Um, we have a wide variety of shave tool holders and form tools for screw machines, but we also have an extensive line of rotary broaching products from the holders to the dogs and fixtures and, of course, the brooches themselves. Great. Well, Peter Bagwell, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. You can always find us at uh, slatertools.com. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, that was great. That's good stuff there. Um, Yeah, again, it's slatertools.com. You can also reach them at area code 586-465-5000. Slater Tools, good guys over there. They can answer all your questions about this technology and supply you with the tools as well. So good to know some of that stuff. You know, I even uh, wasn't aware that you could do rotary broaching in a mill. I mean, I I always just associated this with uh, turning and screw machines, but uh, that's good to know. I think I've got some applications uh, for me to use this at my company. Now, next week, we've got a big topic, and it might be one of those can of worms that I opened uh, on one of the first shows talking about Uh, boxways versus linear guides okay next week we're going to be talking about cam cam systems do you need one which one's best (laughs) i can't believe i just threw that one out there i should more accurately say which one suits you best uh we'll have a few people on the show maybe get some different opinions different sides of course i use a cam system myself wouldn't go without it but we'll talk about this so for the weekend podcast here at cnctoday.com, I've been your host, Jay Pearson. Looking forward to next week. We'll talk to you then.